It's time for Blessed to Play on EWTN Radio, uncovering the role that faith plays in the lives of sports professionals from around the country. And now, here's your host, Ron Meyer. Fire score! My guest today is Tony Bazella. He's the head coach of the Seton Hall University women's basketball team. He returned to his alma mater as the head women's basketball coach prior to the 2013-2014 season. And in eight years at the helm, Coach Bozella has turned the program around completely. He reached the postseason five times with two NCAA tournament appearances. He holds the best winning percentage in modern program history by a wide margin and has built a program that figures to compete for the top spot in the Big East year in. And you're out. I'd like to welcome my good friend, Tony Bozella, back to Blessed to Play. Coach, great to have you back. Ron, great to be back. I can't thank you for having me on your award-winning program. You know how um, much I think of you, um, one, as a, as a person, as a friend, but two, as someone who really helped spread our faith, which is really important um, today more than ever. Super excited to be here. Yeah, and that's at the core of why we all exist, isn't it? Uh, despite all our accomplishments, really in light of faith, we have something to aspire to at, at a much higher level. And one thing I enjoyed is I had a chance to be at your practice, and I'm kind of an oddball because I'd rather go to a practice than the game because this is where the heart of the team uh, comes to be. Uh, that's where the chemistry is formed. That's where the continuity that's where the heart of the team is formed day in and day out. And uh, I, you start off, first of all, in this circle. Uh, you pray. Everyone gets out what they want. You know, uh, you have all these girls coming from different backgrounds, and they're, they're college kids, and they're going through some tough times, and there's a lot of emotion. And you're, you're dealing with uh, young ladies as well. But tell us, at the core of what's at the heart of your philosophy for bringing all the team together, despite having so many individuals from varied backgrounds. And, and I and I and I think you just hit the nail on the head. We have so many individuals with different backgrounds, but we all have faith. You know, yes, mine is Roman Catholic. Someone else is Presbyterian. Someone else is of the Jewish faith. Someone else is a Muslim faith. We all have different faiths. We do. With that being said, let's spend a minute or two in silent prayer to who we want to pray for, but who we want to pray with, um, whether that's Jesus or God or whoever it may be. I think this is important each day to spend a few minutes and reflect. And why not do it together as a family at the beginning of practice? We do say anything out loud, but we do keep it to our we do keep it to ourselves. Every now and then we'll have someone from campus ministry come over and give us a, a Bible verse before practice. But for the most part, we keep it to a private prayer because this is a time as a family we can join each other in love and spiritual healing. How important is that to developing a winning program? Because we're, you know, you're in you're in a very competitive uh, uh, collegiate basketball environment, and everyone's talking about the you know the the strategies and who to play and all this. But how how important is that chemistry that that family continuity that you just talked about? You know, I've, I've done this, this is my 30th year now, and I've been blessed with some great staffs and great teams. With that being said, no one has been successful without being able to get along and play together. And why not have have this way of playing together and being together 
um, as a group. So I think it's extremely important. I think you, you know, realistically need good players. You can play all you want if you have bad players on the help, but you also need good players that are going to play well together. And I think that's something that we've established here at Seton Hall really well in the last few years, especially. Let's to play Ron Meyer chatting today with Coach Tony Bazella, uh, coaching the Seton Hall women's basketball team. He had stints at Southampton, LIU, Brooklyn, Iona, and Seton Hall. And I, I have to take you back to Iona because watching you in your, your fiery style, there was a guy who coached at Iona. You might have heard of him, Jim Valvano. And uh, you might have crossed paths with him at some point, but I can't help but to notice some similarities in Coach Bozella and Coach Valvano. Did you cross paths with the late, great uh, Jim Valvano? It's funny. I shared his office. You know, I, I took his office um, um, when I took over as a woman's coach, and he was the AD at Iona as well, and uh, a very good friend of his who helped with academics. And Linda Bruno became a very good friend of mine. I recruited her niece, and she played on our team. And her nephew was our head manager for four years and now works for ESPN. So I became close to the um, – Bruno's and Ritz's is, uh, is their name. Um, and I had a lot of Valvano stories. And the best clinic I ever went to was Coach Valvano's. So that was really exciting. <laughs> and then I'll give you another quick connection to Valvano. Yeah. So we played at North Carolina State one year in the NIT second round. And our bus driver was a very large man, um, African-American, about 6'10". I'm like, holy jeez. I said to my sister, this guy probably played. So we're driving, and he's very quiet, very respectful man. And um, I asked him, I said, did you ever play? He goes, yep. I go, oh, for Duke? He goes, heck no. I go, UNC? He goes, nope. I go, NC State? He goes, yep, play there. I go, oh, wow. I go, how'd you guys do? He goes, we won the national championship. I'm like, holy Jeez. I'm like, who the hell? So I'm looking, I'm looking. He gets off the bus and I'm just like, and he walks back on and I go, you're Lorenzo Charles. He goes, yep. Oh, oh my gosh. I said, you know, that the game is the biggest game. Coach Valvano. He's like, I said, how is it? I go, what's it like? He goes, you know, I haven't been back in the Coliseum in 20 years. I go, what do you mean? He goes, no. He goes, I go, would you like to come back as my guest? He goes, you know, coach, why not? He came in. He watched us play NC State that day. We did lose. The next day, we did lose. He brought us to the airport. He brought us to dinner after. We sat with him at the table. Stories he told were fantastic. He's from Brooklyn, New York. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I'm from Long Island, New York. Um, It was amazing. It was just another connection to Coach Valvano that I had. And, you know, Lorenzo died a few years later in a car crash. But, Mm -hmm. you know, it really touched me. And, um, and, it, you know, he, here's the man who probably made one of the greatest shots in NCAA basketball history. I mean, let's be honest. And uh, Coach Vavano, I followed his career a lot. I um, am energetic like him. His stories that I heard through when I worked with Iona, through uh, Lorenzo when I was able to meet him for those few days, um, and just to read a lot about him. And then obviously what he stood for at the end, mm-hmm. um, trying to save other people's lives. Yeah. And as we talk about being a Christian and um, being a Catholic and this is what our mission is. Our mission is to have an input and effect on other people's lives. And he tried to save them. He knew he was going to die, but let's save somebody else. And that was selfless. And that's what we do here as Christians. Yeah, very well said. And and that's perfect. Because when I think of Coach Valvano, I, I don't only think of that national championship, but I, I think about how he faced adversity and the courage in the face of death. 
and that's the toughest for any individual. And uh, to do it with such uh, love, passion, humor uh, was truly remarkable. And I, when I think of him, I, I, I really don't think of the national championship. I just think of that speech and how it's affected so many lives. The, uh, you know, the cure for cancer goes on with him in the Jimmy V Classic and all that. And uh, his legacy still goes on. Blessed to play Ron Meyer chatting once again with Coach Tony Bazella. He's a house of fire, folks. <laughs> That's all I could say. And, I, you know, I want to – you've been coaching a long time. I mean, you're going back to 1992 when you first started at the collegiate level. But the modern-day player has – I don't even know if evolved is the right wor- word, but now we have social media. We have uh, – so they have so much at their disposal. Some of them could, could be used in a negative fashion. But a lot of things have changed uh, with recruiting, with uh, just how the modern-day athlete exists, everything that's at their fingertips. How did, how did you evolve as a coach, and have you had to evolve to just meet their needs? I, I think 100% I've had to evolve. One, to, to keep my job. I mean, I, I, you know, I have been blessed with some great, great people. Not players, people. Mm-hmm. Yes, players too. But two of them are still on my staff. Uh, Lauren DeFalco, um, I recruited her when she was 16 years old. She came to Iona, played for me for four years. Mm-hmm. Went and became an assistant coach, a graduate assistant, came back to me. Um, worked at Iona for three years and now is my ninth year at Seton Hall. Um, you know, tremendous. Morrison Flagg played for me at Seton Hall for at Iona for five years and has been with me now. This is her ninth year at Seton Hall for 14 years, more than half their lives. And they say to me all the time, Coach B, you've become soft, you've become different, you've become stuff. And I always say to them, I've become a, a person who's evolved. And I said, yes, some of it's good, some of it's not so good. But we've had to evolve, Ron, mm-hmm. because again, how we probably coached them 15 years ago probably wasn't as correct as it should be. But that's what was accepted, and that was the times. And now we've, you know, but to that I'll say, I have more close players from 15 to 20 years ago than I probably do from five years ago. Mm-hmm. And it sounds crazy, but the the love that we were able to to really push through and the faith that we were able to establish with them through, yes, yelling or yes, going crazy or yes, having a three and a half hour practice back then is so different than now that we don't even practice two hours. It's just such a different way of life. And it's not because the kids are bad kids or anything like that. It's just because that's what the society has now become. But I'm not able to spend as much time with them. Back then, we would be able to do a lot more with them. And they'd want to do a lot more with us because they wouldn't have to go and do a TikTok video or, or get on Instagram or Facebook. They, we just went to dinner. Um, now it's not that way. And I miss that. I do. But I've had to evolve. So I try and schedule more things. I try and talk to each player for a minute or two while we stretch before practice or during a drill or, you know, after practice, calling them into my office. So we've had to evolve on that. And I also had to take a step back and understand the pressures for these kids is probably more than any other kid because of social media mm-hmm. and everything we, we have. So let's let's rely on our faith, but let's also understand that the kid today is different than the kid even yeah, and I'm thinking that as parents, too, we have to evolve, too. So it's similar to coaching with uh, everything that is at their disposal, for sure. When you're trying to get uh, recruits, um, I know talent is key at the Division One level. And if you don't have the talent, you're not going to obviously play basketball. But what do you look for in a potential recruit that's going to come play for Tony Bazell at Seton Hall University? 
you know, that's evolved as well, too, on when I first took over here at Seton Hall, my job was just to try and get the best players and really utilize the system around it. Mm-hmm. But since recruiting has become so competitive and everyone is so much more well-versed and social media makes recruiting even harder now for someone like myself and my staff, we, we, we consider ourselves grinders. We be the first people in the gym, last people out and find the kid on court 72 that people wouldn't want to walk to the end. Mm-hmm. But with social media now, you don't have to walk to the end. Someone will tweet out or one of the services will be like, go to court 72, Julie Jones is playing. Mm-hmm. So now it did, you know, it made it less. Yeah, we're going to talk more about that system, but I also want to talk about uh, after the break. It's been one year since Coach Tony Bazella went through one of the greatest trials of his life. We'll find out what that's all about on the other side when Blessed to Play returns after this. A prayer for the holy souls in purgatory. God, our Creator and Redeemer, by your power, Christ conquered death and returned to you in glory. May all your people who have gone before us in faith share his victory and enjoy the vision of your glory forever. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Welcome back to Blessed to Play. Ron Meyer joined today by Coach Tony Bozella. And what a legacy he is leaving at Seton Hall University. His coaching career, 453 wins. How about that? He started off at Southampton College, LIU, LIU Brooklyn, Iona. And now he's in West Orange, New Jersey, right there, coaching the Seton Hall University women's basketball team. And Coach, I uh, kind of talked about it right before we went to the break. But you had a scare roughly about a year ago when... COVID impacted your life. In fact, I think it was touch and go for a while. And this is, you know, right before the season and uh, you're dealing with a major virus and you were hospitalized for, a, you know, a pretty significant part of time. Why don't you talk about that COVID experience and really how it changed you after you came out of it? And I appreciate you allowing me to to talk about this, Ron, because I want everyone out there to know this isn't about me. This is about you. This is about me trying to to educate you and to help save a life out there because mine was almost taken from me and um, I did not feel well. And then I contracted COVID. So I was home for 10 days. My family contracted it within two days of me being home. And we all had different symptoms. My wife had a horrific cough, a slight fever. My daughter had a very high fever, as did my son. Um, but their breathing was never affected. For me, my breathing got affected, mm-hmm. and I struggled to continue to breathe. But again, we were starting in basketball. Ten days passed. I came in on the 11th or 12th day, and I couldn't walk up the stairs here. And I was breathing and breathing and breathing and just sitting there watching our team get ready to, to play basketball. We had a game in about a week. It was, you know, season had been post- uh, pushed back. So this is um, right after Thanksgiving. And our Thanksgiving we spent, you know, all in bed, um, uh, my daughter, my son's 21st birthday in bed. Um, it was terrible, but we all thought we were going to get through it. They started to feel better. I didn't feel better, but I said, you know what? I don't have a temperature. It's past 10 days. You know what? I COVID must be over. Well, I couldn't walk up the stairs that day in practice, and I'm I'm huffing and puffing. And my assistant, Coach DeFalco, has been with me a long time. She goes, why are you here? 
I go, well, I got to be here for you, blah, blah, blah. She goes, so she goes, you're being selfish. She goes, it's not that. She goes, we can handle it. She goes, right now, you look like crap. You don't look good. Go home. So I trudge home, and I'm like, you know, I can't believe how, how like, I'm frustrated. She said, well, you didn't appreciate it. I can't. But she did it out of love because I didn't need to be there, and she was right. So I'm home that night, and I couldn't sleep, and I'm struggling to breathe in the middle of the night. And my daughter, who's at that point just beginning to study PA school at um, St. Elizabeth University, um, comes in and goes, Dad, I just don't like this. She goes, I want you to go to the hospital. I said, I'm not going to the hospital, Sam. She goes, well, we'll see how you feel in the morning. So in the morning, she gives me a test, and I'm like, down by my calves, they don't feel right, and it doesn't feel good, and I can't breathe. She goes, well, we're going to the hospital. So I said, well, all right. I'll go, but I don't want to go. So Arnie Manzo, a, a friend of mine here at Seton Hall, used to uh, help run St. Barnabas High Hospital. He called ahead. They, I got in. They checked me in. My daughter waves goodbye along with my wife. It was the scariest moment of my life because they couldn't come in because of COVID. They wheel me in a room, and I can't breathe while I'm heaving for air. Mm. So they put me on oxygen level five. The doctor comes in and goes, I think you'll be okay. And I looked at him. I'm like, what? You think? He goes, I don't know. We'll do our best. And I started to cry. Mm. I'm all by myself. No one's allowed to be in there with me. Right. Everyone's walking around in unbelievable amount of, you know, medical gear. And I was like, you know, and I prayed, uh, of course. And we all pray when something's bad. But mm-hmm. I did have faith before. And I was faithful. But I was not in the same faith that I had been. I hadn't been going to church as much. I hadn't been paying attention to my family as much. I probably was, you know, watching TV too much, on my phone too much, just just not doing it. And it gave me a quick do- dose of reality. My heart doctor comes in because I had a heart doctor since I was 50 because I was adopted. And it's it's Dr. Bob Torrey. His brother is Joe Torrey. Kim's in. No gear, no anything, just a mask. Puts his arm around me and goes, you'll be okay. I go, no, doctor. He goes, Tony, you'll be okay. And just, it was almost like God was talking to me through him. He put his arm around me. He told me I was going to be okay. He wasn't dressed in combat gear. And he's like, you'll be, he's like, I'll be honest with you. This is end of November, December. We'll be okay. We know how to treat this. This was March. It would have been trouble. So I was in there for five days. The nurses were amazing. I thought I'd be in there 10 to 15 days, five days. They made me get off oxygen. They made me get up. What I had developed, Ron, was not. COVID had developed. I did not have COVID anymore. What I had was blood clots in my legs, mm. lungs, and by my heart. Oh. And that's what it caused. And if I did not go to the hospital, the doctor had told me I would have had a stroke and probably died. Mm. Um, but I went in and, you know, they were able to give me the medicine. They were able to give me Remesvir to, to battle any side effects of COVID left. And it saved my life. And my daughter did. My daughter made me go. And that's faith and um, my faith in there. And I think I've become a much better man. Obviously, a better father and a husband. I still have a long way to go. I have to do a much better job in my prayer and my faith um, still. But it changed me tremendously. Um, just I was never the same last year coaching. I was constantly tired, didn't feel well, um, still struggled to breathe at times. Um, but I want to tell the story and say someone I don't care how big, strong, healthy you are. If you don't feel good, go to the hospital because they can save your life. Mm-hmm. They have the medicine. They have the expertise. But they can't save if you go too late. And I almost went too late. 
And uh, I just thank God for that. I do. And, you know, even being on the show, when you asked me to be on it, I was so thrilled because I wanted to tell the story. But I also wanted to thank God and really, you know, we, you know, again, we focus myself to getting back to my faith. So your story now can affect a lot of people in the sense that you're dealing with young people now who really don't think of death and dying because they have their whole future ahead of them. But you could share something that you went through and how it changed you in uh, those meaningful things that need to be changed in our everyday life. For you, it was family, just having a different perspective. Do you share this with your players? Yes, I did. And, and, and I continue to share it. And, you know, every now and then someone will think it's my story that I'm telling. It's not my story. Uh, what I'm telling is your story to protect yourself or your mother or your grandfather or your grandmother, or just your friend's mother, or your friend, like it, where no one's indestructible. And again, take time and, and, and reflect and be thankful. And I gave a story the other day. Um, I put 10 things on the board, um, nine correct math formulas and one incorrect, like seven times one equals seven, seven times two equals 14, et cetera. And I wrote seven times four equals 27. And I asked the kids to look at the 10 things. And I, I said, tell me, Something you see about it, and you know, one girl raised her hand and goes, "You wrote seven times four equals twenty-seven. That's wrong." And then I said, "Yes, it's true, but does someone see something else?" And kids looked around. One kid wrote up, raised her hand and goes, "Well, you had nine things right." I said, "Exactly." So we need to reflect on what the good things in life are and what we have, and maybe it's just as simple as having a meal tonight or a roof on our uh, over our thing. And I'm not trying to preach, but I'm trying to teach these kids. Now, I don't know if I would have done that if I didn't go through what I went through in life. And I want these kids to enjoy your four years and understand COVID sucks and it's terrible, but maybe now you reflect a little bit on taking care of your mother or calling her that night to see how she's feeling and just seeing what she's doing. And I think it's helped me a lot. And even now talking to you on the phone knows I know I have to refocus my life. Mm. And the whole irony of this from the basketball perspective is you turned in one of your finest coaching performances during the pandemic-stricken 2021 season. I think you were picked to finish sixth in the Big East and you uh... – you had a 12 and five conference final record and number three seed in the Big East tournament. So uh, talk about that. I mean, you went through such a tough time and here you you turn out a, a great job on, on the coaching end. Just shows how, how blessed I am. And maybe I had to refocus and understand again that Lauren DeFalco, now my associate coach, amazing job. Jose Ribbon must went to college with me. You know, head coach won over 400 games, a father, a husband. Amazing job never once ever asked me about when you guys come back, when are you doing this? Most of flags been with me, you know, like I said, since she's 15 years old, um, you know, Pete Zanella, I went to his wedding. I had forgotten. And I said, geez, how can I forget? Cause I'm so worried about basketball. No, but those people had my back, had our teams back. And I think our kids understood. And I think our kids maybe listened to me a little bit better because they're like, wow, coach B's really, you know, here for us. And it really formed a bond that, was 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 fantastic and uh i got really close with a few of my players and it's something i'll never forget and um I, you know i can never thank them but really my staff saved me through this from a work standpoint and my boss i had a great ad he got mad at me that he came back my president called me i was in the hospital my vice president pat lyons who hired me here at iona was just like what are you doing just stay home like they cared about me i was never like i gotta go back to work so i'm gonna get fired never they you know, it showed again that one. And that's what Seton Hall is about. Seton Hall is a great Catholic university, but it's about the people, whether, whatever religion you are, we want to take care of you. Yeah. 
and, and something that you're not going to say, but I, I know your kids played for you that season, and they wanted to do a bang-up job in, uh, in your honor for sure. I have to ask you, uh, you know, we only have a couple of minutes remaining here, but um, moving forward now in the Big East and uh, such a highly competitive environment here, uh, talk, talk about the competition in the Big East and how your team is performing at this uh, right now currently. You know, it's it's a great league, and so we have ten really good coaches. We have probably five or six out of four hundred wins. Um, you know, we have the best coach in the history of women's basketball, Coach Oriema, um, who's not only a great coach, he's a tremendous man. Um, has helped me so much. Was one of the first people who called me. I was in the hospital too. Um, coach Bruno, I I think is a Hall of Famer without a doubt. Um, we had Coach Peretta from Villanova for a long time. I learned a lot from him, and now, you know, the rest of them. I see John's coach Tardimella does a great job. Mike. I'll tell you, Providence is a, a well-run uh, program, which Coach Crowley, um, Creighton, which has given us tons of problems through the years with uh, Coach Flannery. And then Marquette has a great uh, young coach, and Coach Megan Duffy played at Notre Dame. Um, and, we, you know, we have a few other great coaches, too, Jimmy Howard at, at Georgetown and um, uh, uh, Mel at uh, Xavier are all fantastic coaches. Um, awesome. Well, let's pull for the Seton Hall uh, Pirates. Uh, Coach Tony Bazella has been our guest doing a bang-up job there right at Seton Hall University in West Orange, New Jersey. Coach, it's always a pleasure, and I truly mean that. And thank you for sharing that uh, tremendous trial that you went through, but uh, also some of your philosophies of coaching. It's uh, it's great to have you on, and, and thank you for joining us. Do appreciate it. Juan, thank you, and thank you for what you do and help spreading our faith. Um, I, I always say to everyone out there, if you ever want to come to a practice, and obviously come to a game, but I'm always here. We're completely 100% accessible at all times at all things, and what you see is what you see. Um, there's no more transparency as a head coach than myself. You know, I, I thank God for allowing me to meet you and to consider you a friend and for the position that I hold, along with my, my great friends and staff. Um, but it all comes down to you, you, you know, your wife, my wife, Maria, my daughter, Sam, my son, Joseph. Um, they're amazing, amazing people that I could never um, I wouldn't be here without them, but I could never do this job without them. Yeah. Uh, God bless everyone out there. Ron. Thank you. Yeah. And he forgot Max the dog, too. So I just wanted to throw him into my guy, it's my guy. You know, <laughs> um, my dog um, passed away a couple of years ago and it's actually his, his birthday today. My old dog, Rocky. And, you know, I cried so much and. He gave me him and God gave me Max and Max is my guy. You know, I sit with them. He, he's he's the best. So and we have two players with dogs on the team. So we have a nice little uh, kennel here. So it's really good. Oh, absolutely. And Max just runs across the floor as he see fits. Well, hey, blessed to play fans. Check us out on the web at www.blessedtoplay.com. That's blessed, the number two play.com. You can like us on Facebook. Hit us up on Twitter at blessed to play for coach Tony Bazella. I'm Ron Meyer. We'll catch you next time right here on blessed to play. You've been listening to Blessed to Play with host Ron Meyer on the EWTN Global Catholic Network. If you have a question or comment about today's show, feel free to email us at info at blessedtoplay.com. That's blessed, the number two, play.com. You can also connect with the show on the web at www.blessedtoplay.com. Again, that's blessed, the number two, play.com. Join us again next time for Blessed to Play on the EWTN Global Catholic Network.